Welcome to Confessional. I'm Kayla Shelton, along with Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your darkest. Confess to us. We won't tell. So you can tell us anything. No one's listening. On today's confessional, personal crime stories. All right, everybody, welcome to the confessional. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined today by guest co-host Mike G. Hey, how you doing, pal? Pretty good. I like your hat. Thank you. You went on Seven Eleven. Wow. How much was that? I think it was ten bucks. Right. Right. Are you worried people aren't going to be able to see the top of your head because it's uh, it's uh, camouflage? Oh man! Only if it snows. They're going to be like, look right. at that headless dude. Yeah, yeah, and you have the back. What's the deal with the flaps? I don't the back know. flaps on hats. I, don't I, had, know. I had a Ron Johns surf shop hat when I was a kid that I really liked a lot, and it had those flaps. It had a shark on the front. It was wonderful. Yeah, I, maybe just to keep your neck from getting sunburnt. Okay. okay. Maybe. That makes sense because I probably have at least several cancers growing on the back of my <laughs> neck right now. I'm got, I've gotten to the point in life where like every time I go to the beach, my body is forever changed because of like, like my skin just changes. It's disgusting. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Mike. We are discussing. What are we discussing today? Personal crime stories. Personal, not true crime. Not stuff well, you saw on the ID channels. Well, true, true in the sense that, happened. right, right. Um, that of course is our uh, producer Jimmy. You want to say hi, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I like to do sound checks uh, during the podcast. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, how that's we do it around here. We're busy. <laughs> very professional, busy fellas. <laughs> Jimmy, you have a podcast, do you not? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do it with a. Uh, okay, I was just wondering. Anyway, with, <laughs> no, just kidding. Plug your uh, podcast. Yeah, I do it with a uh, comedian, Eric Glazer, who is one of the co-organizers of the Baltimore Comedy Festival, actually, which is coming up this mm. Labor Day weekend. Definitely oh. look into that. BaltimoreComedyFestival.com. dot com. Uh, throwing all our plugs, but yeah. Go sorry, on. dude. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, uh, yeah, but that podcast is called Live from the Studio. That's LFTS podcast on everything, all major streaming platforms near you. Now, Jimmy. Suppose a listener would like to participate in the confessional. Where would they be able to do that? Mm. If you would like to participate, if you want to submit some confessions of your own, you can check uh, us out on Facebook at Confessional Podcast. If you just type in facebook.com slash confessional podcast, we own that. Yeah. So submit your confessions and uh, have them discussed poorly on next week's episode, potentially. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Now, our guest today, Mike G., Rosalind, and I don't know her last name. We'll we'll go with Paris because that's a Facebook last name. That's not your real last name. No, it's my middle name. Oh, why don't? What makes you so special? You can't put your last name out there, Rosalind. It's it's, it's a long story involving Occupy Wall Street. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's really stupid. <laughs> that's maybe we should switch our. This subject. sounds like a crime. Right. It right. wasn't a well. It wasn't. It was a crime of culture. It was not a uh-huh. a crime I committed. 
Okay. Uh, so okay. yeah, my dad was working for a policing nonprofit. Oh. And they doxed everyone that worked for the policing nonprofit. Ooh. So I had to change my last name on wow. Facebook in oh, an man. evasive maneuver. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I don't think I have any idea what your last name is then. No. <laughs> Um, Rosalind, tell us a little bit about yourself. You do some improv? Yes, I do. Um, I'm a founding member of Free Range Improv. We perform mostly in Annapolis. Right. Um, we've actually got a couple of shows coming up and then a hiatus. Cool. Um, and I also am one Now, of where can we see you on this hiatus? Nowhere. Okay. Actually, uh, so I'm one of the co-hosts of Mondo Baltimore. Ooh. Uh, so we've got a uh, first Thursday of every month. We have a movie night at the Auto Bar. Awesome! Yeah, big shout out to them for taking us in when the sure. wind up space closed. Mm -hmm. um, our next one is going to be uh, September fifth, cool. and it's arguably the worst movie we've ever shown. Really? Yes. What is it? It's called Love on a Leash. Um, it's a romantic comedy about a guy that gets turned into a dog. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's the bad movie you're going to show? Well, so this movie is so low budget that they forgot to upload the soundtrack with the movie when they put it on Amazon Prime. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a Love on a... When did this come out? Uh, I think it's like... It, it's pretty recent. Uh, one of our, our committee members stumbled across it and um, started to watch it. And then he paused it and he was like, everyone else has to see this. This, this, is, this is my question. Yes. <clears throat> In a post The Room era, yeah. are filmmakers now attempting to recreate that success by intentionally making terrible movies? Yeah, I think there are, yes. Mm -hmm. um, but you can usually tell. Right. Like, I feel like... There's just a certain innocence to the room, if you can right. call that movie innocent, <laughs> that you just can't fake. Yeah. So, yeah. like, a lot of the movies that we show are, like, movies that were made for direct-to-movie, like, in the direct-to-video in, like, the 80s, sure. like, shitty action movies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or, like, things somebody filmed for fun with their friends in their backyard. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, there's a pretty intense screening process that goes into picking the movies that really? we show. Yeah. I think I saw, like, a giant turtle movie there years ago. Oh, that that's ring a Mutantis, bell? Okay. I think. I think that's Mutantis. I, I think, think that's, like... part of that. Yeah, I think that was made by, like, a committee member or something. Oh, wow. wow. You just, so, Love on a Leash, I had a friend who worked for, I think the guy's name was John Turtletub or something like that. He was, like, a big-time director in L.A. <laughs> Turtletub? And he, yeah, I think that's what his name was. I think he directed, wow. like, National Treasure, maybe. Turtletub? Something like that. Yeah. Turtlehead. I don't fucking know. Anyway. Uh, now you got my mind working on a Turtletub. Well, How can we make that happen? <laughs> so, anyway, he... I remember him telling me about this script he read and he was like, Oh, it's about this guy <laughs> that thinks he's a dog that falls in love with this girl. Is that, is it, is he actually a dog or does he just think he's a dog? He's like actually a dog. Uh, okay. This is different then. Yeah. Um, and I, as, I was like, maybe it's the same script. I was like, <laughs> wow. I mean, it could have, well, it could have done rewrites. I feel like both of these movies we already saw when it was called, look who's talking now. Hmm. <laughs> I saw in the theaters. But this one has magic in it. Yeah. There's magic. There's like a curse. So does he is that how he becomes the dog or was he 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 becomes a dog and the only way he can reverse the curse is if he finds his true love and kisses her. Um That's I'm, pretty original. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. Right. Well, so I'm only going off what's in the trailer cuz no spoilers. Sure. Uh 
but there um, there is a point in which she becomes a man only at night. Oh, reverse werewolf. Oh, wow. Yeah, reverse werewolf. I see. Which okay. in some ways I think is the perfect man. Dog, I guess it's vampire right? more so. Uh, Wait, what are you, what are you <laughs> saying? Is Dog during the day, what right? What 80s stand-up comedy joke are you making right now? <laughs> kind of like I, reverse Shrek, right? Let me tell reverse you, Shrek, ladies. Reverse yeah. Shrek. <laughs> Wait, Shrek isn't Shrek at night? Fiona, uh, yeah, I think she she becomes uglier at night. Or yeah. Yeah. What? More, yeah. more beautiful you know on the Shrek? at night. What kind huh? of message is that to send to kids? No, but then she becomes comfortable with herself, and she's like happy that she's Shrek. It says, lady. "Don't feel bad if you're uh, not pretty. You can still marry a hideous ogre." Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> How do you not know your Shrek canon? I, you know, I saw the first one. I don't think I've seen the rest. <laughs> it's all in the first. Look one. who's Shrekking now. <laughs> you haven't seen that one. <laughs> Look who's Shrekking? <laughs> who's Shrekking? <laughs> yeah, no. Shrek takes uh, Manhattan. Shrek Five: The Shrekening. The Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, Shrek's happening? Yeah. Wes Craven's so Shrek friends. nightmare. All right, you guys. Why don't we jump into a confession here, shall we? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This Let's one is from Daniel Whitfield. Queensland, Australia. Oh, international. Yeah, kind of condescending. They name his town Queensland. Uh, I took MDMA in Japan and messed with the general public, which, if you know, the laws are there, could have gone extremely badly. A friend and I were living in Japan and had a common karaoke haunt when a foreigner we hadn't met offered us some MDMA. Usually we, we'd have been a little more curious, but we were drunk as hell, so we took him up on it. We ended up in the streets and completely rolling. It was around New Year's, so there was that stuff going on. We ended up at a family shrine commemorating the dead. We made out and lit candles to every dead person we could think of. <laughs> <laughs> and we coated and were coated with the ashes of incense while onlookers averted their eyes. In the end, we took the train home white like ghosts and studiously avoided by the other commuters. We were white, gay, and extremely on drugs and had the time of our lives while being protected by the Japanese social mores of <laughs> politeness. Huh. Wow. So is MDMA, I'm guessing, is illegal in Japan? Well, it sounds like it's highly illegal here. I think it's pretty typical of Asia to have very strict drug laws. Really? I think so, yeah. 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 Hmm. So I just want to know what dead people they could think of off the top of their I know. You think they're going personal and celebrity? Like I'm thinking celebrity. Celebrity. Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I feel like that would be more of a personal thing. As long as you don't go historical, because that could get problematic real fast. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you got to balance them out, you know. You, yeah. You commemor commemorate uh, the, the General Lee, and then you you counter that with Crazy Horse. That's yeah. Crazy Horse. I like. Did he say I was? I would have been curious, but we were messed up. So I, I think that might have been a, a flub there. Okay. I think it, we wouldn't, wouldn't have been. Have, I think okay. so. Yeah. 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 Have you guys ever had a had a drug experience in another country? Not in another country. No. Okay. Um. That could get really scary. You know, like. I'm just I'm just thinking of Hostel. Right, right. Or uh, what was the one with um, Claire Danes? Palace broke broken uh, down palace broke, or something. Broke down palace. Yeah, where somebody like put drugs in their stuff and they got caught and they went to. <laughs> isn't there a show like getting locked up abroad or something? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a very weird thought to realize that when you're in another country that like you're not subject to the laws yeah. you're used to. Yeah. Like if you get caught like like. 
Don't they give you the death penalty in the Philippines for smoking weed or for selling <laughs> There's weed? Like stories really? about it's people something like, ridiculous. There was oh two Australians God. who like went somewhere with one joint and got executed. It's oh my insane. God. Yeah. See, that's not okay. Like I, I understand that respect other cultures and their laws. I feel like something like that, you deserve to be rescued. Well, part yeah. of that is is religious governments. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the uh, the countries that have such oppressive drug laws are ones that also have repressively super religious governments. Hmm. Yeah, so, interesting. But Japan doesn't seem like it has Japan, a really... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like leftover from like the opium crises of the... But Japan is more... Is that real racist of me to suggest? (laughs) They're more spiritual. They're like your basic college chick. They're not very religious. They're just very spiritual. So they have equally repressive They're into like the moon and stuff. Culturally, yes. I would still think that that would... I feel like the average spiritual college chick wouldn't be uh, that hard on drugs either. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because that's how she found her spirituality yeah. in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. took peyote in the desert. I mean, they smoke opium, don't they? Japanese people? That's Chinese people. Oh, oh <laughs> this is going downhill fast. <laughs> Who'd have thought the four of us sitting around talking about a culture we don't understand would be a bad idea? Well, there's a massive opium crises in Asia. I don't think they, they <laughs> encourage it. I don't know, dude. But took Sherlock Holmes down. There's a lot of really? Yeah, he smokes opium in the books. Wow, and it, that's his downfall. Not really, but he smokes opium. Uh, okay. That was like just like another thing he did. Yeah, it's like right. I, oh, he also smokes cigs and opium. Right, right. All right. Well, Roslyn, let's yes. move on to your crime story. What okay. have you got for us? So um, this happened a couple years ago, and it was extremely bizarre. It wasn't a crime I committed, but. A friend of mine was on a crime spree. On a crime spree. On a crime spree. Some people take staycations. Some people commit crimes regularly. I, I didn't know a crime spree was just something you could go on, but I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so so um, one day, like, you know, I had this friend. We all knew he was, like, getting into some trouble. Like, mm. he was doing drugs. He was, like, his marriage was breaking down. He was having mm. some mental health problems. So essentially every person I know. Yeah, but he also picked up a gambling addiction, oh. which is, like, if you're having a breakdown, I feel like that's kind of a unique one. To yeah, that for. is, that is. Had yeah. to be cool, go with something different. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I would see him, like, maybe once a week or so, and he just didn't look good. And then one day I was at work and my phone starts blowing up and they're like, blah, 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 got arrested. And I was like, oh, he probably got arrested for having drugs on him, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not too surprised. And they were like, no, he apparently has been committing armed robberies. Oh, my goodness. And they caught him. And so it turns out that he used a knife and he robbed um, a 7-Eleven. Whoa. A Dunkin' Donuts, the same one three times. So I feel like that happens often. Yeah. Like, well, because it's like you get a glazed, but then you want like a chocolate. You come back, you want a Boston <laughs> cream. You see those new coladas they got. Should Should I display my Dunkin' Donuts now? <laughs> and as far as I'm aware, is there more than one Dunkin' Donuts in in our city? You know. Yeah, that's a good question. Can you think of well, more than one? his mistake was that he committed the crime in Anne Arundel County, where they oh, have laws. <laughs> I see. Mm. But so the weird one was he also held up a Michael's Craft Store <laughs> that with is a knife. Awesome. They are not expecting that. Wow, Barb at the register right. with her 
He held him up with a knife. I feel like a craft store has plenty of knives. They have so many sharp objects. So many. There's so much potential for like an action sequence to take place against the, you know, like all the things you could glue and (laughs) glitter and ribbons, all kinds of stuff. Right, right. And if you've ever been to a Michaels, like their their checkout line is like a. fucking like corral of impulse buys like you're right. corralled in by shelves yeah. and it's like all the the candy the glue sticks like mm-hmm. the paintbrushes mm-hmm. that you might like grab out of impulse so i'm like did he just like fill a bag with like ribbon and like glitter as he was going through right. the line and then just brandish the knife and was like give me what's in the register yeah there must be a thing i mean they are designed for impulse buying at the register so it's if you're robbing it you might just get the itch and have to grab a few yeah. of those things too give us that beef jerky too but yeah so um so he like showed his face in all of these robberies so he got caught pretty quickly it was apparently his wife who turned him in which um that marriage is uh is no more um but so he got like seven years in jail um and he's in jail right now wow yeah what did what was his explanation was it part of his gambling debts or was he um i think I think his life was just so off the rails. Right. I I honestly, my theory is I think he was depressed and mm-hmm. he wanted to kill himself, but mm-hmm. he couldn't bring himself to do it. So right. he did the next best thing. Suicide by Michaels. Yeah. I've always thought like if I if things ever got so bad that I was suicidal, like why wouldn't you just go on an awesome crime yeah. spree, like rob a bunch of banks? No, or I wouldn't do that. Something exciting. I would just uh, do a bunch of. Drugs. <laughs> or that. That was. I was. That was the next thing. I mean, he was uh, also probably had a bunch of. A bunch you don't want to hurt people, though. You don't want to like. No, not hurt anybody. Be cool. Be Billy the Kid. On the bright well, side, the interior design on this guy's jail cell is probably top notch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> oh but man, wow. That is. That's. I have heard that before yeah. of people, for for a very you know select group of people. Like, uh, you know, it's not a common thing, but I do know some people that that kind of became an addiction for him, robbing. Yeah, I think I, I definitely think he was like shoplifting. It's probably an awesome right. adrenaline rush. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I would just feel bad. The whole thing's just ugly and depressing, though. You know, like threatening somebody with a knife. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't not if you're like that. cool and charismatic. Every but like every <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts in this area is staffed by really nice Pakistani ladies, right, yeah. and it just makes me so sad to think about like that. Right, poor. Person. I know you don't want to do that to them. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's that is quite a story. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> is is this person better now? You think? Are they getting it together in jail? Uh, judging by his letters, um, he has not really atoned for his crimes. Uh huh. You're getting letters from them. Um, well, my friend is. Okay. I, All right. I used to be a victim advocate, so I have really complicated feelings about sure. the whole thing. Sure. So I kind of just dropped contact with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but in his letters, his most recent one, he wrote about mass shootings. Mm. And he's one of those guys who thinks that mass shootings are the cause of the millennial snowflake complex. <laughs> and he complains in that letter about how their parents are raising a generation of sociopaths. Well, clearly he's the authority on this. I mean, you know, <laughs> kind of pot calling kettle a little bit. So, right. yeah, he doesn't really seem to be learning his lesson, but I mean, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I guess that's not really what jail does for people anyways but there are there are people that kind of go through a rough time and jail like gives them a little bit of time to like think about it and put things i guess it depends on where you are and what your circumstances are like but some people do kind of get themselves together in jail and come out better yeah i think some people really do i just don't think 
jail is the impetus for sure. doing that. I don't sure. think there's anything about sending someone to jail that means that they're going to come out a better person. I think you mean being the, around thousands of criminals every day fighting for your life doesn't change you for the better. You know, as much as you would think so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think it's just one of those things like they talk about your bottom, you know, and yeah, um, yeah. And like addiction. And yeah. I think for people who are, you know, kind of going through that behavior, I think with jail, like, right. It's kind of how they react to that. Is that their bottom or is it not? And mm -hmm. if it is, they, mm -hmm. they get it together. Yeah, I actually have even known people that got sober and were like doing good and then started robbing <laughs> because they <laughs> it like fills that addiction somehow. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's so weird. Um, all right. Well, thank you for that story. That was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, OK, so we have an audio confession this week, Ooh. you guys. Let's uh, let's see how this works out. It's from Anonymous. So. Here we go. The suspense. Yeah, it'll be worth it. When I was in college, probably uh, sophomore, me and oh, my yeah. friends back in New York, we were going to go see a concert in Oneonta uh, by a band named Mo, M-O-E dot. And on our way to the concert, I was driving with one of our other mutual friends and he said he had to make a stop. So I said, okay, fine. So we were driving, and uh, anyway, we were driving, and I realized we were in a different, in a weird part of the city that uh, I normally don't venture into. So I was like, hey, dude, where are we going? He's like, oh, I'm just making a stop. So then we get, end up on a street that is prominent for um for for drugs and we stop and i'm like freaking out at this point because i'm straight laced i don't do anything i don't smoke weed i don't do any of this stuff and this jamaican dude gets in the car in the back seat where i'm sitting <laughs> and i'm reading the newspaper but then at this point now i have this jamaican drug dealer in the back named ice who is speaking, and I have no idea what he's saying to my friend, and my, fr and my friend starts speaking this stupid Jamaican patois, and I'm like, what is going on here? We end up, we end up buying a half ounce of weed, and, or he does, and I'm like freaking out now, because I'm thinking like this area's under surveillance, I'm, I'm all sorts of discombobulated, but we have to do, like, the classic, okay, drop me off over here, drive down the street, and and everything. And I was just, like, I was so pissed. Because I'm like, dude, you brought me on a drug deal. I had no idea that you were going to be doing this. And, like, I'm thinking my whole future's in jeopardy and everything like that. I was also wicked paranoid about everything. Anyway, so, yeah, that's my confession about unwittingly going on a crime without knowing well we're just uh we're just dragging every ethnicity through the mud today <laughs> aren't we um oh boy well i think he was saying his friend's patois his friend's attempt at, at patois was stupid i don't think he was you don't think that was a knock at the entire language it's <laughs> like oh, no 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 was, stupid languages you're going french patois he was the top of the list i thought he was definitely talking about his buddy right right yeah yeah 
Um, have you, I feel like I've been in situations like that before where the other person thinks it's totally cool to just do some drug deal or pull out some drugs or whatever. And I'm sitting there like, I'm going to go to jail for drugs for after being sober for however many years it is at the time. <laughs> A bunch of years ago when I was living in New York, oh no, no I was in LA. I wanted to buy, uh, cocaine mm. from this guy. And I didn't know him very well. And he was like, hey, man. He's like, yeah, I can, I can hook you up. Here's the thing. I'm at this party. Just, I trust you, bro. Just go to my house <laughs> and pick up the cocaine and then come to me and then I'll, I'll give you some. And I was like, how much cocaine is this? And he was like, that's a lot. And I was like, what would happen to me if I got caught? And he's like, oh, you'd go to jail. And I was like, I think I'm good. I, I think I don't need that cocaine anymore. Right, right. And then like a week later, I called him to like get some cocaine and like he was in jail. Wow. Touched wow. a bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You ever had that uncomfortable situation where it's like, uh, can we not be doing that right now? Like a, <laughs> like sometimes I'd get a ride home from work or something. Be like, oh, I just got to stop off for a, for a quick second. And then I'm like sitting in some shady parking lot, like waiting for, you know, like. Oh, my Sorry, real quick. I was working a construction job, mm. and there's this guy, Mike, another Mike that I worked with. He was like probably in his 40s. Uh, he was a welder. Uh-huh. And we had to go like take one of these big like uh, tractors and like deliver some wood from like the Chesapeake machine shop to like some other place. Mm. And he's like, let me just pull over real quick, and then we'll go to the shop. And I was mm. like, okay. So he pulls into this liquor store. And he just comes out with like a giant bottle of vodka and a grape soda, gets in the car and just in two swigs finishes this whole thing and then like takes a swig of the grape soda and then is driving me around. (laughs) But for some reason, I was like, "Eh, this isn't weird, but I'm fine. He just seemed like he's such an alcoholic that it was that he knew what he was doing. That's how I felt. Yeah, Yeah, it's cool. You just feel safer when he's driving drunk because he does it more than drinking. He's not, he's so. right, right. He doesn't have the shakes. He doesn't have the shakes when he's drunk. Right, yeah. right. You're no longer hallucinating. Weaving so in and out of lanes. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything like that, Rosalind? Um, yeah, I think we all do. I mean, like, I think all of us have been through that, like, period where you're just broke and you spend all your time just in cars driving around because you have nothing else to do. And I think that's like the prime time for those situations to happen. Right, right. You know, so I've definitely like gotten in a car with a friend and then be like, I'm just going to stop at Taco Bell real quick and be like, oh, so we're going through the drive through and then no, you're stopping in the parking lot and they're getting out and they're getting some guy. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, oh, this is happening. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of rude, honestly. Like, especially at our age, it's like one thing when you're like 18 or whatever. Like, recently somebody just like pulled out like some something in my car to give to the other person, you know? I don't even know what it was. But I was like, that's, I'm not that mad. You could have asked me if that was okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm giving you a ride somewhere. You don't need to just pull that out in front of me. I don't know. Um, All right. Let's get to another confession here. This one is from Jeff Fullerton, Downington, Pennsylvania. Oh. Beautiful Downington, Pennsylvania. So that night back in college, I was delivering pizzas to an apartment complex, and as I pulled in, I saw a group of five people standing on a corner talking. All of a sudden, three of the people pulled out guns and shot at the other two people. The three then took off running in different directions. I jumped out of my car and began giving first aid to someone who turned out to be an 18-year-old guy. Holy crap, Jeff is a hero. 
He was shot in his hip and his arm. The other person shot was an 18-year-old pregnant girl. Might have wanted to concentrate on her first, but... A few minutes later, there were about a dozen police running towards us, aiming shotguns at us. I told I was told the two victims survived, but they never caught the three shooters. That is utterly insane. Wow. Well, pretty guys... standard for Downington, Pennsylvania. Right? Yes, yeah. that's yeah. classic Downington. Yeah. They always stay out of Downington is yeah. what they say. <laughs> Things go down in Downington, I believe, is the official thing. What um, happened to the pizza? <laughs> <laughs> You didn't tell us. You think it might still be there? <laughs> For, are we Find getting free out. pizza today? Is that, gonna, is that what's going to happen? Oh, man. Um, have you guys ever, like, witnessed a shooting or anything like that? I, I mean, I've never seen one, but, you know, I I worked for several years uh, for survivors of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was definitely, like, I would definitely interact with people who had just been abused so mm. i've definitely seen the aftermath of some pretty screwed up things mm. um and it's it's just like something you don't forget like it really just drives home how fragile the human body is right right you know in a way that is almost terrifying because you you don't think about it yeah you know? yeah yeah it is crazy like how much you know maintenance we put into our stuff you know but it's like our bodies like can just <laughs> are like the most important thing. And I barely, you know, I mean, I exercise and stuff, but you think like we'd just constantly be getting checked out and like trying to, you know, what do you think, Mike? Have you ever seen a shooting or anything like that? So I didn't see a shooting, but when I lived in New York, I lived on this street called South Second. And right across the street from my apartment was apparently the number one heroin trafficking apartment building in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. So for some reason, how do they stay number one when everybody knew they were number one? I, I have no idea. Maybe right. the cops were in on it or something like that. Right, right. But for some reason, I was never there when stuff would go down. But I'd come home and my roommates would be like, "Oh my god, this dude just got shot right out front of the apartment." Oh my god! But I never saw anything. Huh. And then apparently one night there was a shooting and a guy drove his car over another guy. And then the guy's girlfriend like grabbed him and was like, no. And like they said it was like out of a movie or something like wait, that. Wait, wait. Was the was the was the, the running over, was that part of the fight or was that a, an accident? Part of the, no, that, no, 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 no. Part like that guy was trying to kill the guy oh that was shooting at him with goodness. the car. I'm always amazed when people can do that. Like if someone's pointing a gun at you to like run your car right into them, I feel like my instinct would be to like dive or like pull, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh wow. Man, that is depressing. But I never saw any. It was so weird. And never, nothing weird ever happened when I was there. Sure I would see drug deals all the time. Uh huh. You see like a Red Bull can, and then like you see a kid walk over to it and like pull the bottom out and like grab a big bag and take it to somebody oh, else. Oh wow, wow. Yeah, I mean we're in Baltimore, so right, right. I feel you like think- we all know what that means when we see somebody walk over to just <laughs> yeah. a random like piece of trash. We're like, oh. Okay. <laughs> Look at that guy cleaning up the city. Yeah, yeah good Sam. Um, well, Mike, tell us, uh, tell us a crazy crime story that you have. Okay. And actually it goes back to what you guys were saying about drugs in foreign countries. Kinda. I went to a wedding in Brazil and like the first thing all that my friends tried to do was go to the pharmacia cause there's a lot of like legal painkillers and stuff like mm. that. But the guy who was getting married, his wife, who was Brazilian, like she went there and was like, don't give the Americans any drugs. Oh, <laughs> she told on you. Yeah. She told oh them. my goodness. So they goodness. didn't get any drugs. Anyway. Uh, the last night we were in town, we went to this like, like all night rave or mm. something like that. And everyone left except for me and my friend, Mike, so many Mikes. 
All me and my mics. friend Mike and, our, and this one other kid we knew who was like the wildest dude. He always had a fanny pack on, but he seemed like the scariest guy. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we got this taxi driver to like take us down there. But then like we had to go because our flight was about to leave. Uh-huh. And we're like telling that one dude who got the taxi, like, dude, we got to go. And they were like, he was like, nah, we'll just hang out a little bit longer. And he kept saying that and kept saying that. So me and my friend Mike like got in the cab and we're like, we're going to take this cab. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And then my friend Mike just like pedaled to the metal. We stole a cab. Oh, we my We drove goodness. it back to where we were staying and it ran out of gas like right when we got to where oh, we needed to be. Oh, wow. And just left a cab in Brazil and like never went back. <laughs> <laughs> so are you wanted in Brazil? Probably. How long ago was this? This was like years and years and That's years awesome. ago. That's wow. awesome. Wow. That's story. It was pretty funny. That's pretty bad. That was a great trip. There were so many other things that happened on that trip and not nothing drugs. You could have totally... What is jail like in Brazil? Oh could that God. have been really bad? I don't even want to... Who knows? I mean, it's bad down there. Wow. But at the same time, we were in like a little like sort of vacation area, so maybe the, the jail there... It wasn't like Sao Paulo. Uh-huh. It was like uh-huh. Toca Toca, it was called. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. One other thing that I don't know if this is elite. Like, there's there's uh you know strip clubs down or like basically brothels, mm-hmm. and so it was really funny for the for the uh, like the bachelor party night. We're like, let's go to the brothel, and like the guy's wife was like, to she's like, you're not going. Did she go to talk him. to the brothel too? We went to the brothel, uh-huh. but like she wouldn't let her the uh, the husband go. Uh-huh. So like we went and had a bachelor party without. The dude. <laughs> oh, that is messed up. Well, he's crying yeah. at home. What was so funny was that we get there and there's it's like it's like a strip club, but upstairs, like you can just have sex with the girls or whatever. Oh my goodness. And so we get there and we start talking to one of the guys and we're like, is there anything that we that you should tell us not to do while we're here? And he just goes, Don't do what that guy's doing. And we look over and my cousin is just standing next to the stripper pole, the strippers bent over and they're just French kissing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, that sounds kind of innocent. It sounds hilarious. like a kissing booth. Uh, that's, type of. No, that's not free. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Um, let's see. We have one from Leah Howell from Richmond, Indiana. There was one time when we were having a drought and had the brilliant idea of lighting a campfire under a pine tree. Pine oh, my tree. God. Boy. Uh, cops came and I got in the car. My little sister ran for her life back into the house. I was in big trouble. We lit the tree just barely. Starting fires. That's always uh pyros, man. Right. Yeah, well, I don't think they did it on purpose. Did you did you guys ever have like a scary fire incident as a kid or <laughs> I just remembered this. So um I used to go it's probably safe to say this at this point. This was like fifteen years ago. But I used to go to um like this church that would have shows uh, on Friday nights. Like punk shows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're from the Annapolis area, you probably know what I'm talking about, but whatever. Um, and there was one night my friends and I were super, super stoned, and we thought it'd be funny to take this plunger we stole from the bathroom and light it on fire. So somebody actually... <laughs> for some reason... Somebody, Why the plunger? When did that... I we were 15 I don't know so um somebody actually had a bottle of rubbing alcohol in their car and we tried to fill the plunger with the rubbing alcohol oh like an olympic torch (laughs) yes oh my goodness Uh, 
And um, we all thought this was a really hilarious idea. Um, and we tried to light it on fire by lighting somebody's like uh, sick note that they were supposed to give to the teacher the next day on fire and dropping it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it need to be lit? Why does it matter what it's lit with? I, I don't know. Guys, this will be so much better <laughs> if we do it with a sick note. Yeah, you know, it was like some sort of political statement. <laughs> this is what I think about missing school. I'm not sick, society is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then it didn't work because it was too much rubbing alcohol. So we just dropped it on the sidewalk and some guy was like, no, I'll show you how to start a fire with rubbing alcohol. <laughs> some guy? <laughs> Always just... take uh, pyro advice from strangers on the street, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he, he takes a lighter and he just like lights like a piece of paper or something and just drops it. <laughs> the entire sidewalk just explodes oh, into flame. Oh my God. And, uh, we're all standing there watching it. Cause we're like, this is fucking cool. And one of the security guards comes over and like, just starts furiously beating it out with his sweatshirt and is like, okay, who did this? We're like, um, the guy that did it, he, he rode off a bicycle. <laughs> and the security guard was like, I know you're lying, but I don't give a shit. Just don't do it again. And like walked away. Well, that's not too bad. Turned yeah. out okay. Yeah. It was a, it was a pretty big fire. <laughs> How big? Um a plunger can hold a lot of rubbing alcohol. <laughs> I think we're all aware of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, who doesn't know that? Um it was like it was a pretty decent size. I mean, it was like uh maybe like twenty four inches. Like two feet or so. Wow, yeah. two footer. It was pretty big. Like, I mean, not high, but like across. Because right. when we dropped the plunger, the the alcohol like spread. Right, right. So it just like went up really fast. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We should we should have a whole fire episode. Yeah, you you totally should. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I have a fire story. I don't think I do. Um. All right, Jimmy. Do you have a? Uh, you have a crime story you'd like to share with us? Today? I was thinking, but I don't think I have one, fortunately. Yeah, I don't. I have. I have a, a quickie. I don't know how good it is, but I. Um, one time, I I was. Uh, do you remember? Uh, there was a place called X and O's or Zando's. It was all. There was always a debate as to what it was called around Charles Village, right near where you live, Mike. Like right across from where you live. Okay. Right next to the Seven Eleven where you got that hat. In fact, hmm. uh, that used to be a record and tape traders. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, anyway, I was, I was enjoying perhaps a sandwich as they called them, uh, <laughs> sipping on a Zoffy and, uh, it, and a girl kind of runs by and she's like, will you help me? We're outside. We got a table outside because we are, you know, in Charles village and we're white. So of course we asked for a table outside. And Why do people love eating outside? Absolutely. I don't know why. I worked at a place where the the, the porch was adjacent to like the dumpster and, <laughs> and like a ratty parking lot, and people would constantly ask if they could eat out there. Oh, <laughs> um, a fun thing to do is ask for a table outside when it's like three degrees out. Yeah. I think that's funny. Um <clears throat> So anyway, this guy, this girl is, is a college student is, is running by crying and she's like, that guy took my bag and there's like some shady looking dude with like his his uh, hat over his face, just like kind of trying to walk fast, but not run and, and stand out. And um, and she's like, I told him he can 
I have money, but I need those books back. And uh, he just uh, just cried. I don't know why he didn't just start running, but he just like walked really fast. And um, and because there was people there, I felt like it was a good idea to run up and yell at him. And clearly, she had been like chasing him, so I don't think he was going to murder anybody that day. Um, and so I uh, I got in his face and I yelled at him a whole lot. I don't know where this confidence came from, <laughs> but it was just like one of those days the chemicals in my brain were just right to to make me be that guy. And I yelled at him and I chased him for a while until he uh, threw the bag down. And <laughs> nice. then she and then she threw her iced coffee at him. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And then he ran Savior. away. Savior. <laughs> yep. That's you're, good. You're a hero. I it's really like Aquaman am. level hero. I right think there. so. I think so. I think like there's there's Mother Teresa. There's uh, whoever invented the McNugget. And there's me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Right there. I mean, they're thinking about putting Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill, but, uh, you know, I think we might have a new contender with yeah, you, truly. Yeah, you saved those textbooks or whatever. I did. I assume they were textbooks because she was like, take my money, but not my $5 million worth yeah, of right, right. random house publishing. God, what a what a racket that is. That's it's, a real crime. Yeah, it really is. How is that possible? Like, Especially the fact that they're, I mean, the fact that they were able to get away with it back in the 90s is like, okay, but like now they're like, I know. No, there's no such thing as internet, guys. What are you talking about? You right. need to pay $500 for this such a racket. That's so, how does that exist still? All right, guys. This has been an excellent episode. Rosalind, thank you so much for coming by. Is there anything else you'd like to plug or talk about before we leave? Um, well, so you should definitely come check out Mondo. We're the first Thursday of every month at Auto Bar. Um, we're also periodically doing movie screenings at the Parkway. Mm. Um, oh, trying, awesome! Yeah, I've never been there. I want to go really so bad. Cool. Yeah, it looks yeah. cool. Where uh, is it? Right by uh, Club Charles. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's at the oh. intersection. Of Charles oh wait, I have been to that one. It's awesome. Yeah. What's, there's like another new theater there too, though, right? Like the Micah one. Oh yeah, I forget what the Micah one's gonna be called. I don't even know if it's open yet. It's, it's isn't open. That, isn't that for like student stuff though? Or that can be open so. to the public? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if they're gonna. It's gonna be open to the public or not, but I'm sure it's connected to the school somehow. Yeah. But yeah, so we're trying really hard to bring some like cool, um, bigger, you know, kind of cult movies. Awesome. Our our big goal that we're shooting for if we can manage to convince them to uh to buy it is battlefield earth Ooh, oh, yeah. Yeah. never seen that one always heard about it yeah so we're neither we're hoping to bring some some prime schlock um, awesome yeah so cool. um i'm not sure what our next one's gonna be yet but pay attention to the parkway um and then also uh free range improv you can follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. Um, we've got a show coming up in October. I think it's October 17th okay. at Stan and Joe's in Annapolis. And then we're doing our farewell show, farewell slash hiatus show, uh, December 2nd at Ram's Head in Annapolis. All right. awesome. um, and we're kind of expecting that one to sell out. So if you're interested, you know, come, uh, come buy tickets and see us before we disappear in for an indeterminate amount of time. <laughs> sure. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming by, Rosalind. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mike G, thank you for co-hosting. Thanks for having me. Jimmy, thank you for producing. As always. And Mike Moran, thank you for being Mike Moran. Yeah, and saving buddy. that woman's That's textbooks. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next time on The Confessional.